One of the key concepts in non-personal awareness, which I haven't really talked about much here, is the power of your inner witness. Now, activating your inner witness is a really direct route to true and genuine self-awareness. It unlocks the jammed up self-expression feeling that so many people experience, and it brings a flow and peace to your relationship with yourself and your relationship with others. But in a culture that says it reveres authenticity, there's a surprising amount of subtle and not so subtle pressure to not be real, especially if it might upset the apple cart. So today we'll explore the misunderstandings that underpin that pressure to hide your shadow side. And I'll lay out how to consciously awaken the witness in you, find the courage to be real and do it in a way that can deeply transform your life. So stay with me and let's get into it. Welcome to the Be A Brilliant Human podcast with me, Joel Young. If you're looking to improve your life, to heal, to grow and mature as an individual, but maybe you found that some of the personal development and consciousness stuff has given you the impression that you need to be super serious and vigilant to get anywhere meaningful or feeling like maybe you're just not up to snuff. Well, this show is here to remind you of your humanity and in fact that that's where your true joy and brilliance lies. With over 25 years of experience in the transformation biz and having developed MPA, one of the world's simplest pressure-free approaches to growth and well-being, if I do say so myself, I'll be sharing tips, steps and insights that'll help you navigate all the aspects of life as a growth-seeking being. On this show, it comes to you with a good dose of humor, maybe a smattering of colorful language, a reminder not to take things so personally, and most importantly, to be kind to yourself along the way. Make sure you hit that follow button and let's get into it. Hello, 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 and welcome to the Be A Brilliant Human podcast with me, Joel Young. I am delighted that you're here. We're at episode number 108, which means you can find the show notes if you go to www.beabrillianthuman.com slash 108. The, the numbers, not the letters. <laughs> well, I'm so glad you're here. It's interesting. Today, we're talking about the power of your inner witness. And when it came to me as an idea to do this as a topic for the podcast, I stopped and thought to myself, how have I not talked about this already? <laughs> there is, I'm going to share some of the moments where this really came to me after after MPA, non-personal awareness, came along. Um, it, it became apparent very quickly to me that this was such a deep part of the non-personal awareness philosophy and I underwent some practices or, or really I went through the process that I'm going to share with you today, really, to uh, which made a huge difference in understanding how awareness works. It helped me understand uh, more about myself in, in a big way, especially on the back of at that point, I think about 15 years of personal development, how much even in the context of personal development, I was editing myself. <laughs> Uh, we're going to go deeply into that. I'm going to share a couple of stories with you. Uh, most important, I think, what I want you to take away from today is, you know, it's it's that thing where often I find in my client base and the people I work with in groups and just encounter through the products that we sell, that, you know, people find that when they're trying to discover, you know, who am I? Who am I really? There's a lot of stuff that gets in the way of them actually being real, not only, you know, outside of themselves, but within themselves. 
And that's that's the key to it today, really, is we're going to talk about how you sort of, um, in a sense, give yourself true permission to be real and, and begin to allow yourself to start expressing what you're really feeling in all sorts of different contexts. And there's an amazing power that happens when you start to do that in a conscious way. And I'm going to define the difference between doing that consciously and unconsciously. Um, which brings sort of the, that sort of the speed and level of the awakening process, if you want to call it the awareness process. Uh, it brings more flow into your life and all that good stuff. So the way I'm going to do it today is we're going to talk to start off with about, you know, what generally happens, what are the mechanisms that go on that mean we end up editing ourselves, even when we, you know, we say that we're doing self-awareness work. <laughs> And then I'm going to talk a bit more about what is what is the witness? What does that mean? And what is the powerful impact of it when you do choose to take, have the courage to awaken it within yourself? So I hope you enjoy this episode. Make sure if you haven't already um, that you hit that like, subscribe, follow button, whatever it is on the platform you're listening to. I'd love to have you join in that way. And of course, the more people that do that, the more it helps get this out to more people because algorithms Love that shit. So, <laughs> um, and by the way, if you're new to me, um, I'm so glad. However you found us, uh, I'm really delighted that you're here. There are 107 previous episodes to enjoy. Um, the last two of which, if you're a regular, you'll notice were replays of some of the foundational episodes. Because I've been on holiday. Hurrah! And uh, had a really wonderful time. Travelled the length and breadth of the country. Uh, with my wonderful partner Karen and uh, and our cameras, because that's what we do on our downtime, <laughs> photographing nature, a beautiful, beautiful thing. All right, I'm wittering on. Let's do this. Let's talk about awakening the witness and the power that awakening your inner witness has. So I want to start with a, a basic outline of, of the premise or a distinction really between, you know, what, what am I talking about? You know, waking your inner witness versus what versus what's the usual mode? Well, in a sense, if, if I say it in one line, having the witness alive in you or awaken it, activating it, I'll, I'll interchange those different definitions. It's about living an unedited life uh, in a conscious way. And most of the time, what happens is our mind is kind of in constant editing censorship mode. And what that means in practical terms is often we end up not really expressing the stuff that's inside, especially the stuff that doesn't fit <laughs> whatever mode of identification that we're in. So, you know, as a positive spiritual person, um, there are things that might want to come out of your mouth that don't fit that identity so there will be a, a censorship sort of thing that happens and it's quite fascinating how how we do that one of the things about that is we end up feeling blocked up inside because one of the basic ideas that you'll find in, in a lot of different sort of spirituality personal development ideas or religious areas as well as all things come to pass whatever comes through us wants to it arrives into our system if you like um, it wants to be experienced and ultimately it passes. And one of the biggest ways we get to suffer is we, we don't let it pass. And one of the ways we do that is by editing the expression of it because, well, because reasons. 
Um, and we end up feeling jammed up, blocked up. It all gets shoved in the in the back room, in the dark back room, the shadow part of us. And um, and usually comes out, leaks out in ways that are very unhelpful and, and surprise us. So in a sense, um, I'm doing a paradoxical thing, thing here by inviting you to sort of uh, become unedited, uh, which in a way is a way of saying being less controlled about what comes out of your mouth. Um, but actually what you're really doing is taking control. It's kind of a weird thing. Um, but by consciously choosing to let stuff out of your mouth or your or through your expression um you allow things not to get jammed up and as we'll talk about soon is is how that gives you an ability to really discover who you are so let's talk about the mechanisms those editing mechanisms so if you've listened to the show for any length of time and or you you know about non-personal awareness and by the way if you're new i should give you that brief thing of what am i talking about non-personal awareness non-personal awareness um is the name of the philosophy that underpins the npa process standing for non-personal awareness process which is a six line simple spoken word process that on one level helps you stop taking things personally but deeper than that, it helps you live a friction-free life. It lets, it's a bit like uh, going from what I'd like to call Velcro world, <laughs> where, you know, everything sticks to you, you take everything personally, to, um, to Teflon world, where things are allowed to pass through, which is kind of what we're talking about today. Hence, you know, having the witness, witness alive in you um, is, a, is another way of looking at sort of taking nothing personally, because that that editing thing inside is where you kind of put that internal velcro on so it starts to come up and then it gets stuck on your internal velcro and um there are a sort of a number of ways that we do that the overarching thing that i was starting to talk about there was is dogma because dogma basically are these sort of religious like ideas about what is right what is wrong what how things should be all that kind of stuff so that's kind of the, the the overarching thing is dogma so if you have dogma running and something that is genuinely inside you wants to come out it, it'll meet the the dogma police <laughs> that's not allowed out can't have that and um so so in various forms i break that down you know it's kind of in a judgment you could say so it's the things you know you should be this or you shouldn't be that or you ought to be this or you sh you ought not be that so it can look like let's say that again if we go back to the sort of the positive thinking brigade okay so if you've got some dogma around you know you know every time you utter something negative you create negative stuff in your life that's kind of a dogma that you see a lot all right um, but the truth is you're a human being and we're all about being a brilliant human that means you have to acknowledge your humanity and in the human you know bish bosh of life <laughs> someone might piss you off it's just how it goes and even though you've got that well i ought to be you know spiritual and nice about it i ought to have it processed out i shouldn't be angry i shouldn't i shouldn't think you know nasty thoughts about that person it just locks it all inside because it's it's already in you right it's already there it's like but it just ends up being shoved down inside waiting to come out in some either you know 
through depending on your various belief systems it can show up as symptoms in the body but if you sort of amass a bunch of unspoken stuff what can just come up out as leaky passive aggressiveness which has got plausible deniability attached to it <laughs> but all that stuff it, it it just gets locked in but the fact is it's inside of you so uh, those inner judgments you know I, I should be positive and one of the ways we do that is we this is where the editing comes in is we change how we express it. So, so the, the the pure energy of that I'm pissed off with that person. I want to say something nasty about them, for example. Um, you know, it it might come out in a messy way. But what the editor does is it takes it, sort of crosses out all the nasty stuff, rephrases them positively, and you know, and, and then expresses it as uh, that was a challenge. <laughs> Now, I'm not saying, I want to be really clear, that there aren't good times to to consciously invoke that kind of inner editing. If you're, if you're on a program of shifting a habit, for example, that's a different thing. But if you're doing it based on some inner judgment or some dogma or an idea, and it's not actually the authentic expression, then the true energy of it never gets to be released. Because, and I don't know if you've, if you've had this experience where you, you do that positive reframing thing and some part in the back of your brain is going, that's bullshit. <laughs> that's a classic example of what's happened there is you've shoved something in the shadow for some nice, tidy expression. Um, and what that means is you don't get to really be who you are, don't get to express who you really are, and it just gets gunny sacked up in the back somewhere. So you have all this sort of inner judgment that can be one of the ways that you stop that natural flow. And the thing about it in terms of the witness is when you're not expressing it out, you don't get to really see it. Again, that plausible deniability is a big part of it. But we also, you know, that can come as fear of, of judgment from the outside. What will people think? You know, what will their response be? Or we, or we do that kind of um, projecting our discomfort onto others by saying, oh, it will hurt them. You know, I'm responsible for their feelings. Now, I'm not saying there isn't a time, again, to be caring, mindful of other people's. But if it's at the expense of where you end up, um, you know, not really having your expression, there's other ways to do it. And we'll talk about those. Um, but if we're going to be committed to being real, then, then, then this is the invitation to sort of really look at whether those fears of what other people might think are actually serving you or they're not. So it's important to look at what are the real consequences of that. And by the way, that kind of inner editing is is so, so common. It's It really is a very human thing. And this invitation, when you want to become a brilliant human, when you can take a conscious look at these things in a real way, it, it has a great power to it. And, you know, you, if you if you come to somebody who has never done any self-awareness work this would be standard and probably they tell you that yes if you you know if you don't do this then <laughs> if you don't edit yourself then you're an ass i'm going to address that in a moment um and there are a lot of people who are unedited in a way that they are being an ass uh, this is a very different thing i'm inviting you to look at but it's also, as I said before, if you're in the realm of, you know, spirituality, personal development, self-awareness, all that good stuff, um, I still find it happens a lot. It's just that the, the rules maker, the editor inside, um, just has that sort of spiritual self-awareness overlay. But it's the same mechanism. And I like to point out that the sort of 
whether whether you label the mechanism um, societal norm or spirituality or self-awareness, it's still a mechanism that is creating an edit of the real you. So again, in the polar sides of it, you know, if, if you're in that realm of, you know, the non-spiritual or the muggles, uh, and I hate that expression, but it's like that defining versus those that are on the awakening path. Um, those polarities, they still bring in the same kind of limitations just from a different angle. So whichever angle you're coming from, what you, what's actually the consequence of, um, of being edited in your self-expression in a way that is based on those fear of inner judgment or outer judgment? Well, first up, you're hiding the truth. I know it's a, <laughs> it's a bitter pill to swallow. But ultimately, if you think about it, that's what you're doing. You're hiding the truth from yourself. And uh, because, let's face it, expression is self-confession. And, you know, the power of confession is you get literally to witness what it is that is inside of you. And we kind of play this push-pull game of, yes, I'm being authentic, but I want to hide things from myself or, as I've said, from others. Um, and for, for, again, those same reasons, I don't want to hurt them. They'll think I'm a, an idiot or a nasty person. And, and it goes down to survival strategies and all sorts. But if you're committed to being real, to being authentic, and if you tell people that you're authentic and committed to being authentic, then let's be real and say that if you are editing your expression, you are hiding the truth of you. And, you know, I hear people all the time say, you know, oh, I just want to be myself. I want to be me. You know, in my family, I was never allowed to be me. So did you hide the truth? <laughs> did you hide the truth of you because of some potential consequence? Well, ultimately, if you want to be self-empowered about it, you have to face up to that fact that you chose to hide the truth. I'm not saying it, it, it would have been scary or certainly when you're younger there, there are in certain situations definitely times where those survival strategies are called that for a very good reason but in general it's just an invitation to really admit that to yourself and again that's true even um, in the context of doing process work or in therapy or or in inquiry even in those situations that there can be a lot of editing even though you've paid good money <laughs> to see someone in fact that's such a big part of um you know mpa mastery which is our our practitioner training um it's such a passion of mine at the core of that training really is the invitation for the practitioner um to do everything in their power to create a space where editing is minimal from the client and that's about creating that space of no agenda of really um, sort of being in a sense an embodiment of that witness which has no judgment which has no um, no need to lead or pace or control the expression of the client and time and again in my own practice and those that are in the process of going through or being through the practitioner training report their clients tell them the same thing it's like the first time I was actually allowed to be me even in therapy even in um any form of coaching or any form of um, alternative or complementary practice of any kind. And it's a powerful, powerful thing in the hands of, you know, someone who's holding that space for somebody else. And it's something that, that I'm encouraging you to do today. So this section really is about understanding that those 
edits which reframe things before they get out of your mouth or just the general sense of fear of you know um, who you'll be perceived to be by yourself or by others is where we block ourselves from being real from being authentic from being who we truly are and as we'll get on to as we talk about activating the witness where we get to discover the truth the hidden truth of who we really are so that it can actually change because as long as it's hidden as long as it's stashed away and denied it ain't gonna change buddy <laughs> so let's talk about the witness okay so activating the witness is really a matter of commitment now in episodes 101 and 102 which i'll put as related episodes in the show notes at www.beabrinhuman.com slash 108. Um, I talk about the power of commitment. So the commitment you need to make here, if you want to activate that witness inside you, is the commitment to being unedited, to be unselfconscious about your expression, about what comes out of your mouth, about letting what comes to the surface make it, you know, past the throat before it gets gulped back down. <laughs> and allowed to flow through now i said in the intro this takes courage it does take courage because you will be bucking the trend of censorship and you know that's not censorship in the world although that's pretty rife right now um but that inner censorship and what it gives you is is the power of awareness because when you do allow things to come out it's like you get to see it I mean, one of the ways I'm going to suggest you do this is journaling. Journaling is great because you're writing things down, whether you're typing on the computer or writing it in a, into an actual journal. You get to see what's come out. You get literally, literally that is a an embodiment of invoking the witness. Um, and awareness is a really powerful thing. I'll talk about that in a moment. Um, but what you do when you do that is you it, it is a process of discovery commitment to letting it come out is a commitment to really seeing experiencing hearing um who you really are not in the kind of the who you really are on a spiritual deep level but you know what's actually inside that hasn't been allowed to pass yet and there's a wonderful process that you undergo when you begin to commit to that but before we get into the into the mechanics of why that's powerful in terms of awareness, how that links to actual transformation. Um, I'm going to give you a couple of stories. One, um, one is I'm going to tell you about my experience of this post-divorce. <laughs> but first, I want to sort of give you a piece of a story that I love from a wonderful book called Women Who Run With The Wolves by Clarissa Pinkola Estes, who's a storyteller and she's sharing some of the old traditional stories, all of which have tremendous teaching power. And she talks about it in, in Jungian terms um, of the meanings of it. But Vasilisa really is the story of, it's kind of the Cinderella story, but the original kind of Russian version where it was born. This is before, um, you know, it was tidied up for, for, for Disney, sugar-coated. <laughs> in the old days, these stories were rough and raw. Uh, teaching about the you know the the non-innocence of life um, and the true thing but so Vasilisa is basic Cinderella so she's got her ugly sisters um, and her stepmom 
and uh, and she is in this state of total innocence. Um, and her stepmom and her sisters want to get rid of her, so they send her out. They 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 have this thing where they have a fire in their house. Um, they put it out and tell her she has to go and get fire from the Baba Yaga, and the Baba Yaga is like the the Russian version of. Um, well, ultimately, Mother Nature, but but she's presented, which is true of nature. Nature's raw. You spend enough time out in the field with the camera, you see that nature is raw, um, and and so she has to go off, and she goes on, and there's a whole series to it. She has adventures on the way there. Finally, gets to um, the Baba Yaga. She passes a number of tests with the Baba Yaga, uh, and ends up not being eaten, which was what the <laughs> stepmom and the ugly sisters thought would happen. They were trying to get rid of her. And here's the bit that relates to witnessing. So the Baba Yaga gives her a skull with fire in it and sends her on her way. Get out of my house, she says. And the the skull and the fire represent the witness. She can now see the truth. Where before she was all innocent and had a rose-tinted glasses and couldn't see that these were, you know, manipulative assholes who didn't really love her. <laughs> She now had the power of truth. And there's two bits I want to talk to you about. So as she's coming back out of the forest and finding her way out, um, the skull becomes incredibly heavy. And she has this urge to kind of to, to put it down, to drop it. Now, what that is speaking to is when you commit to this witnessing, there, there, there is a power to it. But that power comes with a sense of you begin to notice that it's going to have an impact. It's going to change things. And so many of us who will say, you know, I want to change. When you actually face what change means, it becomes one of the most scariest things. And and when you begin to commit to being real, uh, of seeing and speaking the truth as you see, it, or at least the truth of your expression, you begin to understand the consequences. And the temptation is to go, oh, never mind, I'll just put the skull down and walk out without it. But she holds on to it, <laughs> carries it through the forest back to her house. And she gets back to the house and finds that the stepmom and the aggressors haven't been able to light the fire again. And they're, they're, they're acting like they're very pleased to see her. They sent her off to her death and she turns up and they're all kind of, oh, we're so happy to see you. And one of the things that the, the way that uh, the story goes is that she sets the skull down um, sits by the fire and spends the night just watching the stepmom and her two ugly sisters going yada 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 yada. And in the morning, all that remained was Vasilisa, her skull, and three piles of dust. Now, that's a wonderful expression. So we can look at that as the ugly stepsisters and the mother, or the ugly sisters and the mother, as parts of herself as the skull watches them and they just run they just they don't they're not thinking about that they're being watched they're not thinking that they're being seen they're just doing their thing and she goes from seeing them as being you know beneficial and you know helpful to the truth of them which is they're really um, not in her best interest. And the thing about this is that the skull, the fire in the skull is that witness and that awareness. And as she watches them, the, the symbology is that they just turn to dust by themselves. 
She doesn't have to do anything. And this points to the power of the witness. Just letting yourself run, be unedited, with that skull with fire, watching, noticing, allowing, just truly seeing things for what they are, allows the stuff that is really not truly aligned and yet stuck inside you to become from this sort of alive thing in you to a pile of dust that no longer has any power. So, and by the way, I'll put a link to that book. I'm sure you can get hold of it somewhere. I'll at least put the name of the book if I can't find a link <laughs> in the show notes. Um, there's lots of stories in there. They're fantastic. So I kind of lived this for a while. As I said, I tell you about this sort of post-divorce. So this is was my second marriage, and it didn't end. It, it didn't end well. Let's put it that way. Um, there was I was I will put it as I was on the receiving end of bad behaviour. Put it that way. Um, I'll take my responsibility. There's always two pieces of the equation in a relationship. Um, but at the time, I was fairly deeply enmeshed in the kind of spiritual, non-dual um, kind of world. But at that same time, it happened just after MPA was born in you know 2007 to 2009, the early years of, of MPA. And when the, the divorce came through, there'd been you know someone else involved and all that kind of stuff. And on one hand, I was trying to be, again, you know, non-personal about it. I was trying to be spiritual. I was trying to sort of see all the, the benefits. You know, also trying to do that premature thing of trying to sort of look at why, you know, in the world of we create our own reality, how did I create this? All that stuff, which ultimately was being unhelpful. It was being unkind to me. And then because part of practicing MPA actually... Um, in a, in a sense, automatically begins to wake up the witness. Something clicked in me, and I just, some inner decision happened, which was that inner commitment I'm inviting to you of just let myself be unedited. And I just started to let things flow out, not caring about my spiritual image in the community I was in, not caring about those things, and just going, this is how, this is the truth of how I feel. And saying, you know, a lot of not really spiritual or nice things about my ex. It was literally all of that stuff that was balled up inside coming out of me. And bless her, I had a friend called Melanie and, and rest her soul now. She's she's passed on. And she said to me, because she understood that other people around me were trying to get me to reframe it and to process it out and do this stuff. And I think she saw that I just needed to, a little bit of time just to just to allow myself to be in the expression of the raw pain of it. So she said, I'll be your evil friend. <laughs> just tell me everything. And, um, and I had this period of just letting myself say all sorts of things that in a way I hadn't allowed myself to honor that was part of what was in me. And I had the direct experience of being like in, in the witness of, it was like, and this is this is a way I'm going to recommend you do it. It's like stepping into the third person. Oh, look, there he goes again, um, you know, whinging about this. Oh, look, there he goes again being a victim. Oh, there he goes again, um, just spitting vitriol about her. And in that conscious decision to watch, just let that stuff, that shadow in me come out exactly what happened in Vasilisa. This is why I love that story, because I could relate to it as I had this experience. It just kind of burned it up as it came out. Each time it just it, it flowed out of me, or over time, I just watched it and I noticed. 
and that stuff just kind of burn away until rather than forcing myself to try and reframe things and shove things into into the shadow i felt after a while of just letting myself do that very clean and very healed from the experiences of that relationship and yes the lessons came along the understandings of self-responsibility came along and in fact i would say it happened a lot quicker and allowed me to be much um, clearer and also clearer on some of that shadow stuff inside of me that would probably been driving the show anyway but it was an act of letting myself be real not in a nice way <laughs> but in a just letting it flow kind of way so as we wrap this up i want to talk a little bit about you know what are the positive consequences of doing that and how does that mechanism work um but first let's talk about i said the difference between doing this in a conscious way versus the unconscious unedited version so let's start with the unconscious version so a lot of people say i'm just being real and they're sort of again i talked about in my experience spitting vitriol um they do it in a way that is actually identified they think that's who they are and they kind of they they buy into it and there's an interesting difference between when you're consciously consciously witnessing the aware part of you understands that there's just an expression happening and doesn't look at it in terms of that's the truth of me the person it's this is the expression of the energy coming out whereas when you're being an ass <laughs> which is the unconscious version you're just telling yourself it's okay to be this this person that just spits vitriol or you genuinely believe that there is that that I am the victim and I'm entitled to my um you know my stuff do you understand the difference is a very different thing whereas the witness has that kind of awake aware noticing quality about it and as i said the sort of non-personal view is to sort of have that third person awake again as i said before it's like oh there he goes again you know it's like it's not me standing in the identification of it it's allowing it to pass and standing in the awareness of oh the non-judgment mental space because that oh there he goes again isn't oh there he there goes again and that's bad it's like look at that how interesting look at that how noticing 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 rather than um you know either going into the the righteousness of the arts yes i'm absolutely right yes she is she's a bitch she's terrible it's really true it's like oh there there he goes again running the story of victimhood saying that she's a bitch and that he's justified there's a whole different energy about that and that's what makes the difference and also when you're going into it consciously you you sort of go into it again i said with a commitment but there's kind of an intention the intention is i'm allowing this expression so that i can see and become aware of the hidden truth so that i can activate you know i can go to the baba yaga get the skull with the fire and and as it comes out through the witnessing it can burn and what is not a true fit for my being uh, becomes powerless rather than in the shadow where it has some power influence and control over my expression so that's a good time to sort of move into you know the the consequences of doing this and talk about um you know the witness really is an act of conscious self-awareness true self-awareness and i'll often say 
uh, with it's called non-personal awareness for a reason because awareness has tremendous power and just like with the skull and the fire um, that awareness that awake alive witness awareness energy does the work for you and it does invoke change so you know and you might say to yourself well where does processing come into this are you saying that don't process it just use this well this can be enough but there are often times within the witnessing this has been my experience that you notice where there's a bit that's a bit hickey <laughs> and and it may come as part of the expression naturally a process some process work or getting some help from somebody is is there to do and you can even allow that that's why i say in mpa itself um, and if you haven't downloaded the mpa process sheet you can do that you can go again I'll, there'll be a link in the show notes for today again beabrillianthuman.com slash 108 or you can go to joelyoungnpa.com and find it there you can download it for free but in the setup for the process uh, we do what i call a spew and a spew is exactly that it's an invitation for an unedited unselfconscious expression and again in our mastery training um, that's where I teach practitioners to to do that because a lot of practitioners, well-meaning, very good practitioners, um, bring a lot of that dogma, agenda, and subtle shoulds and oughts into the practice, which any client can detect on a subtle level. It just creates more resistance in the process, whereas when you can really hold this space, that it becomes literally friction-free, which is amazing if you're a practitioner or a therapist you'll understand this if you can have a resistant free client it's a much sweeter experience for them and for you it's it's whereas when you find there's a lot of resistance and often you know that here's the truth uh you know therapists and coaches will generally put that on the client <laughs> but when you really allow yourself to be the the vessel for non-resistance the client feels it feels it and and you get to have a lot more energy at the end of the day. And again, I, I'll now have to link, um, or I will link, uh, MPA Mastery in the show notes if you're interested about it. If you, in fact, if you're interested, if you are a practitioner or think of becoming a practitioner, get in touch. We're running the next one in February 2022. Um, and you can find, if you go to, uh, what's the link, www.thempaacademy.com slash mpamastery. Um, you can book a call with me, have a chat about with it, a chat about it if that's something that you're interested in. So I was talking about awareness. I got off track. Oh yeah, and how processing helps. So processing can come along in its in its own time and can help with the sort of bumps in the road. But fundamentally, it's that sense of witnessing invokes the uh, change engine of awareness. And when you commit to this as I have in my life and there's the specific beginnings of that I told you in the story it it's a powerful powerful thing and I've noticed for myself it really over the years it's completely transformed not not only uh, my relationship with myself and others but how I understand the best way to mature that relationship with yourself because you start to get really honest and real because you stop hiding shit <laughs> literally hiding the shit stuff it comes out you see it and the rest of it now there are nuances to this again if you don't want to be an ass um, there's ways to witness it and and do it in a way that isn't necessarily directly confrontational it doesn't always have to be about you know 
saying that stuff to them. I didn't with my second marriage. It wasn't about saying it to, to my ex-wife. It was about me hearing it for myself. So again, if you have someone who's willing to be your evil friend, and by the way, in that circumstance, it's not about them saying, oh, yes, you're right, and doing that externally, doing what I said to be an artist, which is to sort of vindicate it. It's holding that space of, I hear that this is just an expression to be seen. Um, but journaling is also a great way to do that. So whether you sort of open up a document on your laptop or or your device and just, just type away, let it run, or whether you do it in, in a journal, that's one way where you do literally get to witness it because you see it. But again, the same process applies where it needs to be a commitment to not editing, to not cleaning up before it gets out onto the page. All right, well, do let me know. How are you going to invoke the witness? Have you had this experience? If you're watching on YouTube, there's a perfect place underneath in the comments where you can leave me a comment. Let me know about it. Um, and if you're listening on a podcast platform, you can always hop over to social media. You'll find me at, uh, well, on Facebook. Just search for MPA Rocks. There'll be a post there with the um, with comment places. <laughs> on Instagram too, you can comment there. Or, you know, you can get in touch via the website, www.beabrinkhuman.com. And there's a, you can even leave me a voice message there. I'd love to hear from you. I hope you would enjoyed this show. Um, it's been episode 108, and I will see you next week. Thanks so much for listening. If you've enjoyed this show, I'd love you to do me a solid and tell someone about it. They can find us on Spotify, Apple, Google Podcasts, and most other podcast platforms. Plus, if you visit the website, www.babrillianhuman.com, you can share the show notes to social media and make my day. Also, make sure you hit that follow button. And if you haven't yet downloaded the MPA process sheet, head on over to joelyoungmpa.com and get your free copy today. Big love and see you next time.